opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this before. You know, Wobbles, I'm kind of mad at you. And as a reasonable man, I'm willing to do whatever's necessary to find a peaceful solution to these problems. All right, well, welcome, everybody, listeners around the world and beyond, to... Um, uh, I forgot the name of our show. That's okay, we keep this in, that's good. What is this called? Welcome, everybody, to uh, another episode. I can't remember the number of the episode. Is it about seven or something like eight. that? Uh, eight, seven or eight. It is eight. Of uh, punching up movie podcast, uh, podcast that uh, takes movies either from the canon, incredibly popular movies, or in today's case, a beloved court classic. And either Damien or I will have a problem with it. Um, and one of us will present the case against, and in this case, one of them will present the case for. Um, uh, I'm Adam, and I'm Damien. Hi. So the um, subject of today's episode is the most recent film that we've done, actually. And I would have to say comes under the category of beloved recent cult classic. And it's the sort of Japanese one take zombie horror movie. Um, question mark, question mark. Uh, one cut of the dead. Now, before before we, we, we have to we have to sort of do a disclaimer before this episode, because it's impossible to talk about this film without wrecking it and spoiling it because there are so many twists and turns in the film so if you haven't watched the film and you want to watch the film please press pause go and watch the film and then come back later and 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 enjoy the rest of the discussion even if you don't want to watch the film watch the film it's only like an hour and a half it's worth watching if you're listening to this watch the film definitely watch it before we talk about it because the smaller amount that you know the, the little you know the better Sorry, Adam, carry on. No, 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 fair enough. So I'm going to hand back to you now. So uh, Damien, I've done virtually no preparation for this film other than watch it, this episode rather. Um, So Damien's got all the information and the contextualising and whatnot. So over to you, Damien. So first of all, POM! Rotten Tomatoes describes this film as real zombies attack a hack director and a film crew who are shooting a low-budget zombie film in an abandoned WW2 Japanese facility. This is a Japanese indie horror comedy, and in a sense, it's a film that really doesn't deserve any kind of punching up at. It feels like it's a punching down, and the reason why I say that is because it costs $25,000 to make. That's, um, if if you think about Clark's, which was made um, by, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Smith. Thank you, Kevin Smith. In 1994, that also cost $25,000, and that was 30 years ago. Um, $25,000 is absolutely nothing. That's, what is it? Uh, it was 3 million yen, and it's made over $30 million is like you know uh, an incredible amount i i don't think the filmmakers wanted uh, you know really had in mind that they wanted this film to even be released on the cinema to be honest with you it's like its aspirations were so low um it's it's a film that takes place in three acts and so here we go spoiler 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 so the first act is a 37 minute one take 
film, which is the film One Cut of the Dead. And you get to the end of the 37 minutes and then credits start to roll and you're like, okay, what's going on here? Um, I will say the first 37 minutes watching it, like it's dodgy. It's like the acting's bad. The continuity's bad. You're watching this film going, what am I watching? This is just, am am I really going to be able to get to the end of it? Anyway, the credits roll. And then we get onto the second act, which focuses on the cast and crew of the film that you've just seen the pre-production of that. I think it says like, was it two months earlier or something? Um, uh, Maybe something like that. Uh, And then we get to know the director of the film who's in the actual film playing the director. Um, And you get to know his family, his wife, who's also in the film, who plays the makeup lady and his daughter who ends up working backstage on the film. She has aspirations to be a filmmaker. Um, and this film is being made for a new horror company. Correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misremembering this, because I did see it like, you know, a month and a half ago. Um, a new uh, zombie ch- uh, horror channel. And they want to make a one take zombie film uh, to open up. And it's going to be live. Uh, so <laughs> they hire this director who is. Uh, Takayuki Hamatsu, who he plays the director, um, who's a, uh, a hack director, really, uh, directs commercials and, um, you know, it's not, uh, uh, doesn't have a great deal of um, uh, kudos behind him as a director. Anyway, they get him to direct this film and we see in the middle part the, not the making, but the pre-production of it. And then the third act depicts the chaotic like live TV shoot of the film that we saw in act one. So now you're seeing why the film at the start was so uh, amateurish and so all over the place and filled with so many mistakes. And so you're basically watching a film within a film within a film. It's a film about filmmaking. It's a film about the love of filmmaking. And for $25,000, it's... I'm so glad that it's sort of shot through the the roof and uh, made so much money because it's brilliant. Like, it's very rare that you see something like this that's so effective and so well-detailed. The Japanese title of the film is Kamera wo Tomeru Na, which means don't stop shooting. And um, it was uh, inspired a 2019 um, an hour TV movie called One Cut of the Dead the Ho- in Hollywood. And then also a One Cut of the Dead uh, true crime drama that was like a 37 minute, which directed... Uh, uh, written by Shinichiro Ueda, who directed this film. Um, It was also remade in France as a film called Final Cut by Michel Hazavanicius, who directed The Artist. He's married to Berenice Bejo, who was in The Artist. She's in the film with Romain Duré. And Romain Duré and Berenice Bejo, like they're like they're up there they're high you know hollywood uh, french uh, french hollywood french movie stars you know 
I haven't seen the film. I don't know how good it's going to be. But with the pedigree, you would have thought maybe it's worth watching. But then I'm not really a massive fan of remakes anyway, no matter who's in it. Usually they put big people in it and it's still not as good as the um, original film. Um, yeah, Zombies had a resurgence in like the 2010s with Train to Busan and um, then... the. Train to Busan was 2016, and then Alive, which was 2020, I think. Both of those are Korean films, Korean zombie films. Obviously, we've had ongoing The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. So zombies have been in our um, uh, in the environment for a while and been sort of quite popular as a genre. And then with this, what's great about it is that really it's a zombie film without any real zombies. There's no zombies. It's just a film about zombies. And I loved it, mate. I thought ultimately at its heart, it's just a, a, a family drama about a father and daughter and and mother, really, um, making a film. Uh, the last thing I want to say about the making of it was that the uh, film was shot, I think, in 10 days. It was... Um, the one take 37 minute uh, opening was filmed six times over through over two days. And then I think the second the second take was perfect, apart from some technical issues that, uh, that made them have to do it again. So I don't know if it was the sixth take that they used. Um, and also most of the actors or people involved paid money to be involved in this film because it was a. Um, uh, a, a drama school workshop that the director worked on for I think two months beforehand um, he, he did lots of acting workshops where they cast a lot of the film um, and yeah I mean like, how does a film like that reach all over the world I mean it has to have something about it I think so yeah or, or, or end up on the punching up movie podcast yeah, exactly yeah. well I, I mean i think that the, the budget thing doesn't mean we're punching down because it, it made a lot of money and it, it 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 it's talked about constantly with reverence on horror movie podcasts i think the last person to praise it i think was like mick garris on his post-mortem podcast i think that was the last person i heard talk about it saying you have to see this movie so so when when you <clears throat> you know you you recommended it to me. I was sort of looking forward to it. And, uh, and, and ironically, I think a lot of the things that, that you praised about it were the things that kind of took me out of the movie. I think initially when I thought it was going to be a one and a half hour, one, one take movie, I, I, I did actually think this, this is, this is a little bit ineptly made. And obviously that's the point. It's a fake out. Um, and, I kind of, I, I just, I thought, I, I suppose, I suppose I've got a bit of an issue, and you can take me to task on this with extended one take uh, sequences in movies if they're too long. I mean, I like, I like them in fight films. I like them in, you know, I think I like they call them oneers, don't they? Like in the in the action choreography community. So there's a lot of them in John Wick. There's a great one in Atomic Blonde, one of my favourite fight sequences. You know, the Charlize Theron fighting away out of a hotel, but they're they're sort of maybe like five minute sequences or something in, in the context of a larger sort of more conventionally edited movie. And I, I feel the longer, a, a, a lot, lot, the long, the longer a sort of a single take goes on, the more you're, you're aware of the artifice of filmmaking and it takes you out of it. Now, 
in this instance, that's part of the point of the film. And so so I kind of I, I accept that. I think when it did the switch, I think the fact that it clearly wasn't a horror movie, and I was still waiting. I was waiting for like, oh, well, when are the zombies going to come back? Hmm. When are they going to come back? Are they going to bring them back for real? Are they going to? Are you going to actually see them? Sort of the making of the make the making of the film, and then all of a sudden they found that they've accidentally kind of unleashed a zombie plague with an occult ritual, and it doesn't happen. And it really is, I have to say, a very well acted, incredibly well made, very sweet and warm like sort of comedy drama about about the art of filmmaking you know improvising you know and um pushing your artistic vision in you know and, and you know not compromising dealing with difficult actors and things like that but i felt and this was a fundamental problem for me i didn't enjoy the one take element of it and then i felt massively shortchanged by the switch to a comedy and i wanted a horror film and I know that's part of the kind of radical nature of, of the movie, but I felt like I'm, I'm going to give you another an, another movie to compare it to that does the same thing. It's the most ob obvious movie that does this. Um, I'll tell you what it is in a minute. But I think what, what you do is, you know, I felt for me, if, if we're going to switch genres, the stakes need to be escalated rather than de-escalated for my enjoyment. And all of a sudden it's like, well, all that's, stake, all that's at stake now is someone's career. And 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 even though I wasn't really enjoying the one the official one cut of the dead thirty seven minute bit, I thought at least you know the fate of the world is at stake here, and I felt yeah. I just felt shortchanged. I felt shortchanged by the movie, and it affected my enjoyment of it. And however well acted, and there was always this there was this cognitive dissonance as well because I felt that there's, there's I suppose in Japanese cinema acting when the stakes are high, acting can sometimes default to to screeching and shouting acting. You know, even with the greatest, you know, you, you get that you get that a lot in even in sort of a master like Kurosawa. You know, you get his characters that scream and scream, and 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 and, um, and then you always have the calm center of the storm, like sort of you know Mifune and you know sort of Yojimbo or Sanjuro. But you know, but but even Mifune screams in in say Throne of Blood, if I remember it correctly. And and, and there's a sort of it grates. I don't I don't. It's, it's just a start. It's it's it, it's it's a decision in Japanese cinema. That just grates against me, and then the first forty-five minutes is just screaming, you know. Yeah, and, and, I think. Yeah, I, think and then... I did hear something about the um, the shouting um, being part of like the Japanese culture as as yeah. far as a way of um, expressing themselves. Obviously, yeah. like no, you know that. But I think it's more ingrained than just yeah. a cinematic shouting thing. Yeah. Possibly, but I hear what you're saying. If it's like you're being no, shouting, I mean, I mean, it, it, it has its it has its equal and opposite um equivalent in 1960s french new wave movies that contain like moody french teenagers you know yeah. who are just oh like that you know just just you know so so we can talk about that whenever we do a goddard film um yeah. you know so 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 i don't i don't know so so i wasn't i wasn't completely on board with the horror movie aspect of it and then once horror movie aspect of it was completely ignored removed i, I still wanted a horror movie yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and can I give you can I give you a film by way of comparison that does yeah. a similar thing, but I think does it better? Yeah. It's from Dust Till Dawn. It's, it's the it's the most it's the it's the first film you reach for when you think of a movie that swaps genres. Yeah, halfway through, and obviously for the for the first, I mean, I'm assuming that everyone's seen it or known it, but if they don't, it's, it's, it's start. It's first, the first half hour is a is a sort of two two criminal brothers on the run, you know, sort of evading through Texas into Mexico. 
evading the police. There's a lot. There's a lot of bloodshed. They kidnap a family, and then they end up in a Mexican bar, which turns out to be run by vampires. And obviously, the first forty-five minutes of the film, there's no indication that we're going into horror film territory. And then there's this massive switch, and then everyone in the in, in the bar turns into a vampire, and it turns into this vampire siege movie. But what they've done there is they've taken a genre that's bloody, and then they've t- and then they and then they've switched it into an even more extreme um, genre that's even more bloody, and where the genre rules are even more kind of wild and outrageous, and the stakes are higher because now not only are they fighting for their lives, they're fighting for their souls because no one wants to be killed and turned into a vampire. So I, I felt I felt like that that works beautifully because of the escalation of the stakes and you know and 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 uh a high stakes genre becomes an even more high stakes genre and then mm. you have the absolute reverse and um and i felt in my instance like going into that knowing nothing about it complete everything that's supposed to work in its favor for me worked against it mm. so it's, uh, yeah although i have to say it was sort of beautifully acted in the yeah, in the sections where it's supposed to be beautifully acted and sort of retrospectively, they did a very, very good job of making a quite sort of cat candid, screechy, like yeah. gimmicky horror movie. Awesome. So, so it's an inc- incredibly brave film. Very, um, I think like, know, I, 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 kind of, I, I admired it, but I, I just really didn't enjoy it. I mean, do you think, you know, it sounds like your enjoyment was basically marred by your expectation. Yeah. Yeah, which I, which I think is which I think is a sort. Of, I mean, it's the gam. It's the it's the dice they roll. It's a gamble, you know. And yeah. and and yeah. And and I think in that in that instance, in, with me, it, it it didn't pay off. My expectations were subverted rather than exceeded. Yeah. And I mean, uh, obviously, I'm in a minority because it's it's a revered oh. and loved movie, which is mm. not the whole point of punching up. You know, we we're yeah, we're yeah, supposed yeah. to be in minority. You know, because these movies wouldn't. You wouldn't have to punch up with them if everybody like dismissed them as bits of garbage, you know, or failed experiments. I think um uh, the dust till dawn um genre switch, yeah, is um is is valid to a point, but you you would never have gone to see Dust Till Dawn not knowing it was a vampire movie. Well, no, people people I've met people who who didn't. I mean, I think that was a failure of marketing, because I think they pretty much give it away in the trailer. Yeah. But the initial idea was yeah, the initial yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I remember going in um knowing what the deal was yeah i think i would have been delighted had i not known what the deal was i think that's the difference i mean yeah yeah because you know i I like yeah and and and, but but i know i know people who didn't you know you you know you come across people who um watch that movie either either caught it on tally or they just they don't read reviews we just assume because we're film fans yeah have been since time immemorial that that people always go into cinemas having done their research knowing what they're going to see but often people don't and you know, like normal people, and and I know, I know people have gone into that movie, uh, and didn't didn't know what they were watching, you know. And then there was this, oh, there's vampires everywhere, and they can't, I think I can't I can't remember what their reactions were. I think I think most of them just went with it. There was the, obviously there was that that kind of disconnect, that jar, and then mm. you kind of go with it because I would say they would be in the minority as opposed to <laughs> this film where yeah. the majority of people would be expecting to see one thing mm. and then see another thing I don't think that I think and that's that's the thing that I loved about it it was yeah. just yeah. it just <laughs> flipped it around beautifully and I just was on board like I like I said the first 37 minutes you know as we both yeah. said badly it looks bad it looks like amateurish you yeah. know it looks like badly acted it looks like screaming it looks like they don't know what they're doing and then the way they bring that round 
I mean, all the way through to the credits, um, where you're seeing the actual filmmakers filming the 37th yeah. thing. Yeah. All that was just brilliant, mate. Like, you just don't get to see that kind of detail in films very often. And, yeah. you know, obviously, bar the fact that the world wasn't ending. Um, yeah, very, very beautiful, very clever, very um, heartwarming. And uh, yeah, I was just surprised because I thought it was just a, um, I thought like everybody else, I thought it was a zombie film. Um, you know, they're making a film and zombies for real are going to come and eat them. And then when it didn't happen like that, that for me was great because it subverted any expectation that I had. And that was a welcome, for me, a welcome relief in the sense that I'm seeing something that I don't expect to see. And that, that's refreshing. You know, you and I have seen so many films, you know, and mm. um, uh, uh, it's always nice to be surprised. And that was... Uh, well, I, 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 I was surprised, but it wasn't yeah. a nice surprise. Yeah, like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've just, I've just, like I've just, I've just thought... <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I was um I thought I just thought of an example where um there's there's a, there's a genre switch and again this is going to spoil something so I'm going to talk about Fargo is it Fargo season two the one that's sort of set in the 1970s um I think I think it is the one yeah the one with uh <clears throat> Jeffrey Donovan and uh Nick yeah. Offerman that one and yeah yeah in, in in the middle of that a UFO turns up like for no discernible reason but i think because it's cohen cohen land even though even though it's like the, the tv series is is uh is it noah Hawley or no i i, I can't remember the name yeah. of the, the show. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's obviously done with the sort of blessing uh for for you know blessing of the cohen brothers and 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 they're trying to be consistent with the world that the cohen brothers have created not just in fargo but just their their entire world the fact that a UFO turns up in the middle of this, essentially a sort of nineteen seventies sort of black comic crime drama, is delightful, yeah. and and kind of not, not it's unexpected, but not entirely unexpected. So so you know, and uh, not a big plot points made of it. I think this UFO turns up twice, and it's not overly explained if my memory serves. And yeah. I, I sort of things like that. I I I I I I think because it's it's a kind of. It, it it's sort of it's sort of consistent with the genre, the, the genre and and it's sort of it's sort of elevating it into a greater genre stratosphere rather than sort of you know just sort of plunging it back into comic social realism which is what uh which is not my yeah, favorite uh, genre but it's like, yeah and magnolia as well like uh they, they oh yeah Drop a lot of sort of weird things in there that are like not really of this world. Um, yeah, the rain, the rain of frogs, and and frogs, and the musical yeah. number towards the end when they all start singing yeah. around, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love I love stuff like that. I mean, but what what they're not doing is they're not completely switching genres for the film. No, they're not. They're just but dropping. They're, yeah, they're introducing an element of surrealism, aren't yeah. they? Or yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just think I think their intentions just didn't land with me. I respect the effort. Um, I'm glad it did well. These these are rubbish punching up podcasts. We're, we're never really that mean to films. I don't think we've ever like really eviscerated or attacked a That's film. Okay, since, no, like... I don't think we should do. I mean, like you know, like well, unless unless, unless we really hate we're it, punching we're punching up, we're punching yeah. up at 
albums that are like you know revered as classics or revered as and we've yeah. said like we don't like them but at the same time we've you've got to appreciate like like this film it takes an army to make a film you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. to just to to be a, a critic or somebody who's just mean for for the sake of being mean and even if you have like a um a good enough reason it doesn't it, there's too many people out there doing that and i'm not really interested in making like uh, although, you know, although you did it with inception there, there, I was, mean, there was genuine, extent, genuine venom there yeah and you say that mate i mean i don't know it's, it's been a while since you've heard it so like have a little listen uh, no it's... it has been a while so. Exactly. I think you've mis misremembered it, mate. I yeah, possibly, know. possibly. Um, and also being slightly hyperbolic, but of course, um, of course. yeah, because you're a, you're a very nice man. And it is just, and I'm, I'm, but 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, if, if we ever get on to, I suppose the problem is movies. I really, really, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Shall I just sort of say a few? I really want to do that. Yeah, go for it. Easy Rider. I hate. Yeah, um, yeah, I love yeah, it. The Holy like, Mountain or El Topo by Yodorovsky. I absolutely yeah, I've been hate thinking it. about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so when we when we do those, you know, that there there will be uh, very very little, very yeah. little, very little concession to the films or the filmmakers. Uh, I, mean, I don't know about that, mate. When you you know, Easy Rider, as much as you hate the film, like it was, you know, you can't. We'll get into it when we do it, but yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. you know the the. the I've making... even got one nice thing to say about Yodorowsky as well, you know. So, but but we'll, we'll save we'll save those punches. I'm not. Gonna and also, you might find that when we do rewatch those <laughs> films and then do a little bit of research, you go, okay, that's kind of interesting, you know. And he yeah. is just, you know, it's not to your taste, right? But people, you know, obviously, he's not. He's not yeah. Not to but many he's not people to my taste because he's yeah. because he's because he's rubbish or he's fundamentally flawed or he's. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know. Have we have we said everything? We're, we're no, not, well, we're wait. I just uh, do let's episodes. just do a little sort of couple of minutes on zombie films. Um, what's yeah. your what's your favorite zombie film? Oh, um, I think I have to. I think probably zombie flesh eaters. I don't think I've seen that's Lucio Fulci, isn't it? Lucio Fulci, I have to say, I think it's. I have to say, I have to say, and you, and you can use this as ammunition against me. I'm not a massive zombie movie fan, to be honest. Yeah, I think I respect the great ones more than I really enjoy them. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> obviously, you know, like the three, the first three, no, um, George Romero ones. You know, I I like. It's a different zombie movie. I like. I walk with a zombie. You know, like the Jacques Tournier sort of uh classic from the 1940s but that, that's more sort of voodoo voodoo zombification than... no it isn't it's, it hasn't really got anybody particularly famous in it um but no i think i think uh, the first the first one i think about is uh, is is uh is zombie flesh eaters why do you like zombie flesh eaters why why um i, I think it's I, I think the first thing people remember about it is is you know how how gory it is, and I'm, I'm, no one believes me. I'm not a massive fan of gore, but but I, th I think the thing that surprised me was Sawtan. Having seen Sawtan, yeah. <laughs> again, I'm not. I, I, the, the gore Fair elements. Enough. We can talk about Saw if you want to, but we, the gore elements in Saw to me are almost like the least interesting ones. I like I like I like the wheels within wheels plans of Jigsaw John Kramer and just how ridiculously convoluted they get. Hello. And the bit where the theme music kicks in and he explains his plan and how everyone really was, was were like little puppets in his master game. Yeah, um, yeah. But I like that. And, and, and the, I mean, you know, there's there's some there's some very seminal bits of gore in 
But I, I, what, the thing, the thing I like about Lucio Fulci is like he's like Dario Argento. He's like a real dream logic merchant. His films don't really make much sense. Mm. Um, Zombie Flesh Eaters makes more sense. You know, it's, it's probably the most in terms of popular, most linear of the ones of his I've seen. Um, but he he just composes his shots beautifully. He has this amazing way of shooting, like very very sort of kind of wind blown apocalyptic sort of um vistas so so the you know in beyond you get this this glimpse of how the beyond is is sort of um and and it's this it's this sort of endless sort of cavern of it's this endless almost like smoke-filled cavern in, in city of the living dead you know you, you have you have them walking through the underworld and there are all these desiccated zombies that are kind of like statues and crumbling and and he, he does he does he does that really really well and there are some really kind of indelible sort of sequences of zombies just walking through the Caribbean just really slowly and it's and it, and it sort of winds and the sand's being blown in the way that the sand's blown across the street in Yojimbo the way Kurosawa would frame it and shoot sort of the wind and the sand and so I like the way he combines the elements with the zombies I think he he directs action sequences incredibly well I'm a big fan of sieges and there's a great you know. There's a great sequence of zombies attacking a hospital, which is the great action sequence. There's there's the famous sequence which I think is really good, and, and it's just an astonishing like how on earth do they do this? Where a woman goes swimming, it's quite a salacious sequence because you know like Italian horror directors from the 1970s are massive perverts, so you know a woman doesn't have to she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't just go snorkeling; she has to sort of just you know, strip off and go snorkeling. But she's she's stalked by a, an actual tiger shark. That's attacked by and and, and and then zombies stalking her and then attacks the shark because it's about to attack her. There was phenomenal underwater fight, which is probably one of the most astonishing action sequences I've ever seen. A zombie it was a real shark and a real stuntman, and I think they did it. They had an amputee and he had a. I, I, people can like email in and correct me if I've got this technically wrong. And the, and the shark's like biting this guy. It must have been so incredibly dangerous to film. I think they sedated the shark a bit, but it's an actual shark. It's just phenomenal, um, you know, phenomenal sort of uh, uh, fight sequence with this 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 real shark, this real stuntman made up the zombie. This poor actress is in the proximity of this like doped up shark. Um, I think it's I think zombie movies are possibly at their best when they're really nihilistic, and this is one of the most nihilistic endings of any zombie movie. And also the music by is it Fabio Fritzi is brilliant. Just all, all those elements come together, and I, I think I think it's a terrific. And also, it's one of those movies that just had a real impression on me as a kid because I remember the uh, the poster, and then it got banned, and you couldn't see it. We got this poster of this sort of this this kind of gnarly hand with bones sticking through the desiccate, coming up through the and then and then the, and then the tagline, you know, you know, if there's no room in oh, I've, I'm, I'm I'm mixing this up yeah. with like Dawn of the Dead when there's no room in hell, the the, the dead walk the earth or something like that. I think I, I think I might Dawn be confl- that. is that yeah. Dawn of the Dead? Well, that that oh, yeah. kind of makes sense because it, it it was designed to be a kind of unofficial rip off sequel. So so, yeah. so zombies Dawn of the Dead. And there were lots of kind of copyright like like argy bargy and and so. You know, I think I think it has lots and lots of titles. I think it was originally called Zombie Two, and then they had to truncate it to Zombie, and then England it was like Zombie Flesh Eaters. So that's that's my that's my favourite zombie movie. What's yours? Well, um, I I have a few or ones that I enjoy. Like I really enjoyed Girl with All the Gifts. Um, yes, yeah, the left fielder really. Um, again, there's a lot of uh, psychology in there. There's a lot. It's not just 
uh, like you, I'm not really people getting their arms and legs and heads bitten off and eyes gouged out. It's not really like I was probably more into that when I was a teenager, but now I really don't care about any of that stuff. I care yeah. about the story, care about the film. So Girl with All the Gifts, um, Wreck One and Two, I think are brilliant, mm. brilliant films. And um, and I think probably isn't it Wreck Two is maybe like the zombie film that scared me the most. Uh, and I think that there was something there was something different about the zombies in Rec 2 that they were all it was like they were all possessed or they were all controlled by this one um uh borg like uh, creature one you know uh, evil creature that and that evil was the thing that was scary as opposed to just Ooh, you know yeah um, and Train to Busan, I think Pound for Pound is a um, a phenomenal film. Uh, I think it just it just works brilliantly. Um, there's just all the elements you need for uh, a great film, like a three act film uh, with all the characters, and it's got some great zombie sequences. I never saw World War Z. I thought the book was brilliant. Um, really enjoyed that. It would have been. I mean, it's almost impossible to film the book, isn't it? It becomes an anthology. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think they did. Um, I don't think they did. There's a, there's a lovely, lovely interview with Max Brooks where he talks about how snotty he was about about the film, and then he met Brad Pitt at a party, and he said this is one of the reasons he loves Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt walked up to him and goes, "Hey, man, sorry we ruined your film, your book." Your like, book. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, so he was really because I think I think Brad Pitt heard what he said. It was really good natured about it. It wasn't mm. didn't sort of throw his weight around, you know stuff. So yeah, no, I I don't know. I, I there's a lot of zombie movies. Maybe I do like zombie movies, maybe more than I thought. Thought I think they're too much of an easy reach. I think it's like found footage films. They and, and there's too many cheap bad ones, you know, by people trying obviously understandably trying to get their foot on the ladder because they're quite. I'd imagine they don't they don't cost it doesn't cost a lot of money to, you know. Right. Get some zombies, but yeah, I mean, I, I like. I think I think of the the, the big the big three uh, Joe Romero ones. I think Day of the Dead is probably my my favorite, and and that probably does have a great bit of Adam, probably the but most I'm, entertaining. Yeah, 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 it is, and, and um, I, I think Dawn of the Dead objectively is probably the best. You know, I yeah. think I think that is that is a phenomenal film. You know, it's not it's not my first reach. They're not my favorite monsters, and and I do prefer walking to running. A, a, yeah. a werewolf over a zombie every time. Yeah, uh, so you prefer walking to running werewolf yeah. over zombies. Oh yeah, so you like the twenty eight days later zombies because they ran. No, I they? no, I prefer walking. Oh, you prefer running. the walk? What? Because you'd be able to get away quicker. No, or... no, because I think it's more. I think it's more. Ominous. It's more. It's actually more ominous and more threatening because the, the thing about it is, it is it puts you in a false sense of security that you can outpace them, but their eternal purpose. Their eternal purpose is to get you, and yeah. and they've got nothing. They've got nothing else to do, and 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 you will be overwhelmed by them, you know, because there's billions of them and things like that. I've just thought I only watched this. I think I've watched this over lockdown, and uh, I, I I do I do like. I'd like to watch it again. I do I do like Return of the Living Dead. I think is is very that's a lot of fun. Yeah, very very funny. And and I didn't realize that that that's the one that introduces eating brains into into the zombie canon. That's where brains comes from, isn't it? Bro? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's just yeah. and it's very funny and it, and its relationship with Night of the Living Dead is very clever. Yeah. Um very meta, very clever. And 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 again, it's it's funny and it's really nihilistic as well. But it's funny with it. There's nothing really funny about 
um zombie flesh eaters not intentionally but you know yeah. Or, or unintentionally, I think it's a really good movie, beautifully made. There's a there's a lo- there's a lovely bit on the on the Blu-ray, the Arrow Blu-ray of Zombie Fleshy, where they talk about because obviously they got they got like uh, fading fading sort of American or British like matinee idols to kind of appear in it just to give it a slight commercial boost. I think is I think I think it's like Ian Cullock, uh, the actor in it. Uh, they're, they're interviewing him. And he goes, "Yeah, I've, I've I've slagged this film off over the decades. You know, I, just, I was embarrassed to do it." And then, I, and then, and then, I, and then I went to some retrospective screening, like almost like 30, 30 or forty years later, and just watched it. But oh my goodness, it's actually quite good. <laughs> it just took him took him decades to actually bring himself to watch the movie again um, and realize that, that, that there'd been a lot of sort of artistry and skill in the composition of the images and the editing of it. And you know, yeah. and, and, and and he, you know, just he was in it and he didn't realize it was a good film until decades later. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Zombie. Yeah. Zombies. Okay, good. Well done. I think we did we did well there. Um would you yeah. like to uh, let the, our listeners know what the next film's going to be next yeah. week? Whenever. We're going to we're going to stick with well, this is our first subtitled movie. Um I forgot to say. So we're going to we're going to carry on with that. Although there's not a lot of talking in this movie, I have to say. Lots of shooting and uh, we're going to stick with um East Asian extreme cinema and we go with John John Woo's heroic bloodshed cult and commercial hit and classic Hard Boiled, the film that broke him in the West and opened him up to a decade or so of being the go-to guy for innovative action. And which one of us doesn't like it or has an issue with it? It's me again. It's me. <laughs> Perennially Actually, the bad part until no, the day. No, I was going to say I rewatched this film a couple of years ago and wasn't as enamoured as I was when I saw it in the nineties. Oh. I loved it. I had the I had a, a box set uh, video of it. I was yeah. like a big John Woo fan. Loved all the killer, better tomorrow. Loved all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, when I resaw it, I wasn't overly impressed. So I'll be rewatching it, and then um, yeah. yeah. So and maybe I, and I might change my mind. I might watch it again yeah. and, and completely recount because we haven't done that for a while, haven't we? We didn't do it with this one. We didn't do two watches uh, because I I I oh. watched it. Yeah, we 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 we, we could have. Uh, we could maybe, maybe in like a year's time we could revisit one one cut of the dead and I could watch it again and see if I've changed my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now and, you, and if I haven't, it'll just be a really, really short. Episode. You know exactly what you're going to be getting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. There we go. So hard boiled. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm technically punching up at it. Um, and uh, yeah, and punching up. And Damien might join me when hardball falls to the floor and Scorsese style and start stamping down on it, kicking it in the head. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, and do all those sort of things that you're meant to do. And please email us at punchingupmoviepodcast at gmail.com with any questions. Uh, we will definitely um, address those if we get any at some point. I'm sure we'll get one at some point. Um, but yeah, thank you so much and um, keep listening. Thank you. What he said. Yeah, what we both said. I'm Damien. Peace out. I'm Adam. See you later. Mission has been completed. Groovy.